0: The Cultivated Being Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Cultivated Being Podcast. I'm Dr. Nick Hyde. This is my brother, Dr. Jake Hyde. Jake, say hi.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: It's the two of us. We're brothers. Um... We're doctors, we're friends, those are the things that's the important stuff there, and we talk every week about whatever's on our mind, some things that maybe we have questions about or what's going on in our life, or just uh hanging out enjoyable topics of conversation so
1: if you're doctors and also brothers yeah,
0: yeah, it's a really small demographic of doctor brothers out there.
1: So if you're listening, you found the right channel. Yeah,
0: but yeah, so that's that's the intro.
1: Yeah, Nick, so uh, we took, I know podcasts get delivered every week uh, to the feet, but we've taken time off because I was traveling. How you been? What's new?
0: What's new? Well here's a story for you today to start out the the morning, right? So this morning I, I had a really busy week this week and I saw that early on in the week. I just decided I wasn't really going to schedule anybody early this morning. Cause I was like, I need just a little bit of me time, you know, mm-hmm. and worked out really well for me. in in a sense, because I think we all can relate with days like this, right? Where I was, driving in my car my wife and i have two cars she has a well we have a good one and then we have a not so it's a good car but it's older i was driving the older one today
1: how many miles oh like you
0: know two hundred fifty thousand or something like that but (laughs) it's been around we've driven a lot we've actually put in like all those miles on the last five or six years pretty much so um but it's, you know, a really good dependable car. Anyways, I'm driving around this morning and I, all of a sudden the car starts doing some weird stuff and you just get that feeling and you know, the pit of your stomach, you're like, Oh, something bad's going to happen with the car. And so I pull off the main road. The next road I drive on is like a little bit too busy still. And I'm like, I got to pull off this When I pull off onto a smaller road and I look with like sheer horror. I'm in like downtown Santa Cruz, that there's just no street parking. And I was like, "This car's about to die. Like, I need some place to drop this thing, and I'll figure out what's going to go on with it later." And so I'm literally like doing a Y turn, backing into this driveway, and as I'm backing in to turn back onto that main road, it completely just dies. right? And I'm like, "Oh my gosh just have that moment of, you know, just a little bit of like anxiety and pouting and all that kind of stuff that goes with it. You're just like, not today (laughs) of all days or whatever. Right. And as I'm thinking like, okay, what am I going to do? I uh, look up and I had literally backed into a mechanic, like just (laughs) (laughs) just accidentally. Right. Like I had no idea where I was. It was a side street. I had, just, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. And I backed into the mechanic and I was like, wow, that could not have been more lucky or providential or whatever you want to call it. So, anything, everything worked out. And because it was on a morning where I didn't have to rush to patients, it was like, oh man, actually, everything worked out really well, you know? But so I was thinking about that on my walk, which it wasn't that far away from my office. So I was like, Oh, I'll just walk over to the office. This is actually pretty good. This is a nice leisurely morning walk. And I enjoyed the whole thing. And I was like, wow, everything worked out well. Like it's one of those days where everything could have worked out just the worst. But so that's my, that's my story for this morning. And I, you know, you could get into it. Like, I think there's some, there's some deeper lessons to this, but just from a, enjoyment thing I, I felt like that was a pretty good pretty good story this morning that I accidentally backed into the mechanic it's pretty cool
1: pretty cool indeed life works that way sometimes if you're open it to like if you're open to the working out for you it seems to a lot of people uh seem to identify or connect to themselves feeling special because things don't work out for them, right? Mm. But like, you know, you worked in an office, you go to school, everyone knows like that one person who loves identifying with the things going wrong for them, right? Their life is difficult or more challenging than everyone else's. Yeah, that's what you're going to get. But I feel like things can fall into your lap if you're open to it.
0: Totally. And, you know, we've talked about this before. Um, I think some people don't really like talking about this, but we've talked about like the field, your field around you, right? And how whatever that essence of that field that's part of your being, right? It's like your essence manifests physically, right? Like you attract by, I mean, think about this. Somehow people who are angry always attract reasons to be angry. Right? It's like they're... I mean, do you agree with that or do you not agree with that?
1: No, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. So you can do like classic psychology and just think about if you're experiencing angry. uh, Okay, there's a couple ways to look at it. There's like the projection, right? So you see angry in the world around you because it's this internal suppressed thing. That uh, is inside. It's not being dealt with, so subconsciously you're seeing it around you. So it's getting expressed that way by a projection. You know, my significant other so angry. My parents are angry. My friends angry. My teachers angry. My coach is angry. So you're just noticing it because it's inside you, and you're identifying with it externally. Um, there's another theory. I don't know who this is, but it's uh, this idea of subconsciously you want to be whole, right? You want to be healed and you want to be complete. So if you're repressing something, you're not working on these stored emotions. Uh, Your subconscious is going to create opportunities to show you what you need healing in. So opportunities to be angry are going to keep coming up until, until it's, it's identified with accepted and let go of. Yeah. And then you can get into the metaphysical quantum physics laws of attraction of anger as well.
0: Yeah. Which I think is, I mean, cool. We've had a lot of exposure to this stuff from just being in a million and one different alternative healthcare seminars and, you know, so we get a lot of exposure to this, but chances are some of the listeners that we have do not get any exposure to this stuff. They might think it's a little bit strange or weird, but I mean, and I'm in no way trying to prove it to them. <laughs> right. I'm just saying what's, you know, I, I didn't come up with this. This is what other smart people have kind of come up with. And right. um. One of, one of the things that you know Jake and I are talking about are, are these quantum fields of attraction. There's a lot out there about it. But even just from a physics model, right, Einstein says that like particles don't interact. It's the fields around them that interact, right? So it's basically like all of physics have, has to do with the field around a particle.
1: Right, because particle, or you could say mass, uh, or matter, the way we think of it, has little significance, right? That's Einstein's equation, e equals mc squared. Which, guess that's not how it was written, right? It was written differently. It was about it was, it was about mass, not energy. So it was written differently in his paper he published. But the point is, the energy of everything equals its mass, so E equals m. Uh, C squared, C, C being a constant for the speed of light and squared being, uh, well, mathematically squaring something. So the energy of anything equals its mass times the speed of light squared, which off the top of my head, I think is a number with like 16 zeros behind it. Yeah. The point is, we experience things in terms of matter or mass, but the reality of it, it's almost pure energy.
0: Yeah because what you're saying is if you do a math problem and one number has like a couple of uh maybe a couple of digits to it versus a number an, another number that has like 20 digits to it that number is really a significant number the other one is not so significant
1: yeah another way well, what Einstein said was energy equals mass okay they're equal but you need to Uh, add another very large number to it to make it equivalent. Just like a thousand meters equals a kilometer. Right? So kilometers, meters are the same. You just have to multiply meters by a thousand and they're the same. So Einstein said that. He's like, energy and mass are the same thing. But you just have to times mass by the speed of light (laughs) squared. (laughs) Yeah. But, But that's what he said. He said they're the same thing. Our brains interpret things in terms of mass. So these like things we think are tangible that we can pick up and put on a scale. But the reality is the mass is insignificant to the energy. But we don't see the energy in our five senses. We have a hard time picking up on it. Not that they don't. They can. A lot of people can experience that. Uh, yeah. But our brains seem to be wired towards the mass part of it, right? say like Newtonian physics. And Einstein said, same thing, energy mass.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just kind of taking a take a, a takeaway that applies to really health from that. Uh, I don't think we've talked about this completely, but um, you know, I think about this a lot in the, in the office when I'm working on people that basically whatever's in their field like the essence of what they're dealing with is going to become existence, so to speak. It's like this essence of who they are, what they're dealing with their thoughts, their emotions, what's happening with them spiritually. All of those things have been proven in psychology to, to become physical symptoms, right? Yeah. Um, like there's a ton of research about emotional backache, right? Or different stress can change your blood pressure a million other symptoms that are, that exist out there. Right. So all these emotional, psychological things, including spirituality can have physical manifestations. And this is what we do all the time in our office, right? This is like the essence of what we're doing. So anyways, just thinking about that from like a field standpoint is if we can, ultimately, if we can change the field, we can change everything in their life. And and really that comes down to, I mean, cause your field manifests perfectly as it is, right? It's like, it's perfect. You can't change physics. It's like, there's laws, <laughs> there's laws to physics. Sure. It manifests perfectly. But if you're dealing with say anger or resentment and guilt and shame, I'll mix that in there. Your field will manifest that perfectly or whatever combination. Yes. So changing that perfect field to another perfect field that has love and peace and joy in it a little bit more, some freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Then their life manifests that kind of joy and freedom more, which is really cool. Of course, now we're getting like really distantly removed. People are going to be like, What the heck do you guys do in your office? Yeah. I just
1: love that (laughs) without planning to, we're tackling one of the biggest conversations (laughs) of all like the great thinkers and in metaphysics or, you know, the great mystics of old.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's really the meeting point of all of that. Yeah, It's like, well, And I am in no way saying anything original, (laughs) by the way. Yeah. Um, I'm repeating things that have been influential to me and have provoked my own thoughts. So I'm not inventing some crazy theory here right now, although that would be really cool. But these are just... Actually, we haven't really talked... We talk about this kind of stuff often, but we haven't talked about this, I don't think.
1: Law
0: of attraction. Yeah, law of attraction, or
1: that's basically this topic. Yeah, I don't think you and I have talked about it. No, we should have a, like a guest expert on law of attraction. I think we can get one.
0: Who would you want to get? People Dr. could. Phillips. Start... Oh yeah, Doctor Phillips. Good point. <laughs> People could start looking up some Doctor Phillips videos online if they get really interested. But hopefully, uh, we do, we have talked, I guess we have, our people have reached out to his people and he is, he's going to be on the podcast pretty soon. That's the plan. Our people being our mom who goes in to see him as a patient <laughs> and talks about us. So anyways.
1: Um, <laughs> uh Hey. Yeah, I think we should save that. Time. I think that was a good intro. I think that's something to think about, uh, but without acting like experts and like expanding on this, I want to talk about something else. I'm not an expert in. Okay, cool. But it's an interesting idea, and I think it's kind of a newer thing. A lot of people might be aware of in some capacity, but I haven't thought too much about it. Have you heard of the term astroturfing?
0: I mean, I know of like AstroTurf, but I have no idea what AstroTurfing means.
1: Then you'll get the name. But the idea of AstroTurfing is a name for what uh, has been going on for a while now, which is these artificial fake grass roots movements supported and initiated by. Uh, special interest groups, like big-time, well-funded groups that are that create campaigns to look like grassroots movements.
0: Okay, give us an example. I'm really
1: interested. So, hence, hence the uh, the name Gra- uh, AstroTurfing as a plan on like not real grass. Uh, well, it's happening all over. So, so I'll create like a general one. We could talk about some real ones, but the general idea is. Company a lot of money deep pockets right wants to create a PR campaign if you will so they can get some like small time people like professors at well reputed uh, schools or writers get some articles released about some idea either for a thing or against the thing and uh, you know uh, You own a business, right? So I don't know if people have approached you for like Google search engine optimization or Facebook ads and things like that, right? Like every day, but yeah. yeah. (laughs) So so like the idea is I can move my clinic to the top of the search list in my area. Uh, All I need is money, right? Yeah. Uh, So these groups have money, right? So if you Google and like this thing, these published articles come right to the top of your feed, or these websites, uh, these groups, by nonprofits that look real nice and shiny, that get referred to in these articles or these movements, but they the nonprofits are owned by these special interest groups. Uh, they pay news outlets to promote. Fortunately, that's what a lot of news is—is is just commercials. You don't know our commercials. And so whether it's a magazine or newspaper or TV or radio, and all of a sudden you think there's like this thing happening that people are behind completely artificial. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fascinating?
0: It is really fascinating. We're getting into some like Joe Rogan stuff here.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, like, uh,
0: yeah, I mean, not exclusively Joe Rogan, but like, yeah, no, this is a, uh, This is a really interesting topic. I think as alternative doctors, I'm sorry, does that term, by the way, bother you? I don't think we've talked about that.
1: Alternative doctors? Yeah. Nothing bothers me, Nick. Okay. Well, I was just going to... I'm adaptable. Yeah. But that's fair to say I'm an alternative. I kind of like alternative more than I like complementary, even though that's supposed to be the better term.
0: I don't like comp. I don't like complimentary exactly because it's
1: no man. I'm alt, just like yeah. alternative rock. I grew up on man. <laughs> I'm, out, I'm, out, I'm outside the mainstream.
0: Yeah, I actually we're exactly like alternative rock. There we go. So <laughs> now that
1: I think about it, I I prefer alternative
0: doctor. Yeah, we're the rage against the machine of healthcare.
1: You can be rage against. I'll be Pearl Jam.
0: Okay. Um yeah, so anyways, yeah. Astroturfing, really interesting. So tell us, you got some specifics here.
1: Okay, so here's like an interesting idea. There's some that I looked up, and I haven't researched this well. It's kind of a thing I stumbled upon the other day. Uh, but one that I noticed that I thought was interesting was like a few months ago, there was this um uh, like over social media, people were reposting this article about how Turns out coconut oil is bad for you. Do you remember this? Yeah, I remember that. And it was getting shared and people you know, people were asking me about it. So I looked into it and I was like, okay, there's this new study. I'm interested. Let's see where people talk about it. And they were like linking it to this professor from Harvard who was just like in a public talk that was recorded saying like, Coconut oil is the worst thing for you, basically. And so I'm like, okay, what is she citing? Like, what is she referencing? And this was in, like, this was picked up by news outlets, right? It was getting pushed to people's websites. It was getting promoted. It was, like, all over the place. It was the same old study from, like, the 60s. Yeah. And that study wasn't good to begin with. That study initially was, like, saturated fat is bad for you, which was, poorly founded and since been disproven the broad statement of saturated fat is bad for you right yeah because then they were like saturated fat is bad for you coconut oil is loaded with saturated fat therefore saturated fat is really bad for you i mean coconut oil is really bad for you and it was the same old study how did it get this new life to it how is this everywhere why are people picking this up what was behind it? Well, the American Heart Association was behind it who or supporting this. And I looked up, who was the marketing director for American Heart Association? And now I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but I looked him up. And he's the same guy who used to be like marketing director for the company that owns Taco Bell and KFC. <laughs> um, so See, he used to do, you he used to do marketing. You that
0: into a movie. Like. Yeah,
1: so he used to do marketing director for some like processed food or fast food company. Now he's the marketing director for American Heart Association. Anyway, red flags going off everywhere in my head. And the idea is like, there's no way this wasn't a marketing campaign. Why would all these news outlets be publishing old news from 50 years ago? It's crazy. So, AstroTurf. So who's behind that? Well, who donates the most money to the American Heart Association?
0: Sugar companies?
1: Follow the grains and the sugars. Yes, sir. Like Kellogg's for example. Yeah. So not just funding. It's like these companies aren't just like giving them money, but the idea is American Heart Association is running off of those little stickers they sell that say something is heart healthy. So you pay a ton of money to get a American Heart Association, heart healthy sticker on your product, but you don't see bags of spinach getting heart healthy badges on them yeah only processed food gets heart healthy badges and yeah. what do they deem as heart healthy fiber right grains yeah. which we know are inflammatory and bad for your heart
0: yeah that's so, really okay interesting
1: yeah that's an example another example i'm
0: not going to hashtag this american
1: heart <laughs> association by the way that's fine they will start a Astroturfing campaign against us. <laughs> yeah, good luck. No,
0: they will. <laughs> you guys will never hear of us again. This could I, be our last episode.
1: Nick, are we going to be alternative doctors or not?
0: Yeah, good point. All right, go on. What's the next? <laughs> What's the next one?
1: Well, this one's getting strangely political, which is not a thing you and I are typically. You don't really make stands, but. An uh, article I read like referred uh, back to fake news, the idea of fake news, which is really funny because at the root of astroturfing, he is about spreading fake news, right? Yeah. But the fake news campaign was astroturfing to begin with. Started yeah. by Google, who was supporting Hillary Clinton in the election a couple years ago. So yeah. the owner... Like Google started the, the fake news idea. But you wouldn't know that, right? If you're gonna ask like who started fake news, we'd all say Donald Trump. He would probably say Donald Trump. If yeah, you can, but you can look at the literature and it wasn't him. It yeah. was used it was used against him and he hijacked it. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. No, I mean it is it is interesting because yeah, like just as my brother Jake here is talking about, um, for those of you who haven't been watching the news, which I wouldn't recommend watching much of the news anyways, but it came out that Google and there's other companies that were involved. Google was the definitely the biggest one. What was legitimately trying to with all of their, you know, bots that they use and, and all of their artificial intelligence that they use, they were trying to basically use Google to sway the election. It's kind of crazy. It's like, well, geez, I rely on Google heavily and everyone does, you know, and, and everyone, and here's the thing, everyone's like, well, you know, you know, I think education has changed so much because of, Google, really, because it's like, well, everything's at your fingertips, right? All the information out there is right at your fingertips. You could just Google it. But then when you you find out things like this, what Google was doing in the background, it's like, well, no, you can't just necessarily Google it if they're skewing their results to, to force you to go to certain routes that you didn't necessarily want to do.
1: Yeah. So now when you're just going to Google and saying, Google, is coconut oil good for me? Things on the first page, you don't know. You don't know where that came from. You don't know who's paying for those. You don't know who's behind it. So you do have to, if it comes to your health or something that matters to you, you have to scrutinize everything. You have to question everything or uh, rely on a person you trust who's an expert in that area because we can't just spend all the time researching everything that's important to us in our lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no. And that's, that's the truth of it. Right. It's like we've spent a lot of money to get a lot of information in our heads and anyone out there is more, uh, I'm more than happy to let you rent the information in my head. (laughs) Sure. At a price.
1: Would that make sense?
0: This is, Hey, look, this podcast makes zero dollars in revenue right now. So you know you could trust that.
1: <laughs> I have an agenda, Nick.
0: We have no agenda on this podcast. If you, by the way, this is a little bit of a plug. If you do have questions for us, feel free to email us at thecultivatedbeing at gmail.com.
1: Thecultivatedbeing at gmail. Cool.
0: I'll do it. Yep. But it is at gmail. So. Don't say anything bad about <laughs> Google in the emails, by the way.
1: Yeah, it'll probably never <laughs> arrive. No, we'll, just, we'll never see the email.
0: Yeah. Um, well, that's really yeah, interesting. Okay. And, you know, YouTube's doing that too, by the way. If you haven't noticed, I guess this is really going to give me away that I, I watch some pretty strange things on, on YouTube maybe, but it's if there's a, a, um, any video on, on YouTube that's about a controversial thing, they'll put a disclaimer right underneath it right now and it, and it puts, but the disclaimer isn't just like, this is controversial. It actually is on one side or the other. I've noticed this on some things. It'll be like this thing that's being argued is, is been proven in studies and blah, blah, blah to be true or whatever. And it'll like put a a link to like Wikipedia or something like that. I'm like, how strange that they're doing that. And of course it's private. I mean, it's private, right? I mean, although it's publicly traded, YouTube is still, you know, they're, they have rights to do whatever they want in their business, right?
1: So, right, they are supposed to be responsible to like their shareholders, but yeah, that, they can do whatever they want.
0: Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that they can't have an opinion because obviously they can, but, but was, uh, yeah, anyways. I
1: was looking into AstroTurfing a little bit. I was watching some lectures on it and I think the second one I clicked on was this doctor, seemed interesting enough, and he the example he used for astroturfing was, uh, and this doesn't seem like astroturfing because who in the world would be behind this with mm-hmm. deep pockets? But it said um, someone wrote an article um, on a study that was um, poorly ran, uh, and it said, the article just said, Vaccines cause autism, right? Which I'm not saying they do, but I'm also not saying they don't. I'm just saying his entire premise for this was like everything we see now, that's like there's a link to vaccines and autism is from that one article that someone made up that's just been perpetuated, right? The movement was created and now it's just people still feeding off of that two decades later. And I think that's That's a a, bad example of astroturfing. That's that's not a good example. Yeah, because again, which industry is behind that saying, don't have vaccines. There's no one making money off non-vaccines. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was the thing Google gave me, like number two. I was like, that's very good.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, well, certainly if there's, uh, I mean, like the ketogenic diet. I mean, here's the, that's been in the media lately as this long-term study has come out that ketogenic diet is not good for you long-term, but there's not, it's not really long-term still at this point. Um, the ketogenic yeah. diet, the way it's been practiced over the last several years, there's no way of doing a long-term study on it. You're right. And and then the ketogenic diet that was kind of originated in the, the whatever the 1920s or whatever for people with, you know, diabetes. epilepsy and diabetes. And,
1: and diabetes. Yeah. Which was very successful back then.
0: was And it still is. It's still yeah. standard in the hospitals. If, you know, you know, for instance, if you have a child with epilepsy, that's what they're going to recommend because it has, it's like the gold standard diet for somebody with epilepsy. Right. So right. it's like, I don't know where, that's Okay, there you go. That's the next thing I want you to track down then, Jake. AstroTurfing, ketogenic diet.
1: It's the same people doing ad campaigns against coconut oil probably.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. They've taken a big enough hit, and they want more people to buy grains and cereal and sugary stuff. And they did that in the, you know, the whatever, the 70s too, or the late 60s, early 70s
1: when they, the government told everyone to just start like every day of seven to 11 or six to 11 servings of grains.
0: Yeah. Well, cause and, and you know, they had a panel of scientists kind of figure out what was good and what wasn't good. And they found out that having too much sugar was bad and it got, man, that got lobbied, dude, that got lobbied hardcore until the government was like, okay, we're not allowed to say that sugar's bad. So, Even though it's like the most obvious thing.
1: Yep. Yeah. We're not allowed to say it. Government doesn't say it. Yeah. Man. Um, For people interested in this, good documentary called Sugar Coated. We used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but yeah, sugar coated documentary. Good documentary on the politics behind sugar. Or I, I don't know if it's a good documentary. It is an interesting documentary, though. You should look it up. Yeah. It, there's a lot of parallels between the lobbying and the PR work of the cigarette companies or the tobacco companies were doing to keep um, the public from knowing the dangers of cigarettes. Sugar companies like doing the same thing nowadays. But they've done it better, really. Well, because AstroTurf sure is
0: possible now. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> seriously. And a couple of good authors, if they if people just want to read about grains and sugar being bad for you, or maybe some good stuff about fat being good for you, healthy fats, right? Michael Pollan, famous journalist, fantastic books. I think he has a couple books about that. And David, Doctor David Perlmutter, has a couple books about that stuff too. So I'd recommend that for people who are really interested. Cause it is a really interesting conversation.
1: I think so. Mm-hmm. All right, Nick, this was an enlivening conversation. I learned a lot. <laughs> Got to think about some things, everything from uh, metaphysics, quantum mechanics to um, agricultural politics. We did it one podcast. Yeah
0: as alternative as we can get today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really.
0: But as a disclaimer, Jake and I have no opinion about anything. All of this is for, is, is anecdotal and for educational purposes only,
1: especially <laughs> listening,
0: <laughs> which it is. I'm sure it yeah. is at this point. Dang it. Oh man. We do it through the place. Google play store has our podcast. Yep. How can we get this out to the people, like a real grassroots movement?
1: I uh, know we're going to be suppressed.
0: Let's just mail it out that way. Okay. <laughs> we'll mail out one CD at a time with one podcast on it per person. So email us <laughs> if you want this podcast in the future. Actually mail us even better.
1: I used to get CDs in the mail. For, Remember those a, days? We're, we're not even old. Yeah. CDs and I used to subscribe to a thing and I could get CDs in the mail.
0: Sounds like a great service.
1: I was living the dream.
0: Yeah. But we are just going to do one episode at a time mailed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the costliest um, podcast ever, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It's still going to be free.
1: Yeah. Send us your mailing. No, don't do that. But honestly, do send us in questions, things you're curious about, uh, things that you might not trust Google about. Send it in. We'll talk about it. Also, I want to do some shout-outs. People are still listening at this point in the podcast. Who knows who's still listening? Yeah. But I've I've been getting feedback from people who have been saying, I've been listening to every episode. And feedback, by the way, doesn't have to be good for you to send feedback, but these were good. So I want some shout-outs to some people. Uh, Emily Spanla said some nice things that she'd been listening. Oh, nice. Uh, some West Palm people, Christina Parker, Mary Stucci. I'll do more shout-outs every time, but appreciate you guys for letting me know you've been listening, sharing your thoughts. Uh, feel really honored that you spend your time on this.
0: Yep. And, and then two things of note. It was Dr. Jake's birthday this week, so Happy birthday. You did it, man. Still you
1: really, around.
0: You really did it.
1: Uh, um, thanks, Nick. Feels and special.
0: This is a special 20th episode of this podcast. Jake and I will be giving away a free prize to ourselves for 20 episodes.
1: Can't so, wait to get it. Yeah.
0: Free prize. It's going to be good.
1: Thanks, Nick. Yep. All right. Should we go? Yeah. All right. All right. Love Thanks, you, dude. See you. Okay, bye.